Hi, you're listening to Friarside Chats, and I'm your host, Emma Miller, here on this uh, beautiful Lenten day with Father Michael Martin. Good morning, Em. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing In the midst well. of our Lenten penances, I hope yours is going well. Yes. Good. I'm going to keep it. You taught me that keeping our Lenten penances to ourselves is sometimes a really good practice. That's and, correct. And actually, it is kind of challenging because, I mean, we're prideful people. Yes, and oftentimes it comes up in Catholic conversations. It does. It does. But, um, yeah, it's been an interesting, good challenge to just keep it to myself and <laughs> do that. Um, but, yeah, so I wanted to talk about, you know, there's these three pillars of Lent, right? We've got um, prayer, fasting, fasting slash abstinence, whatever, and um, almsgiving. You had to think there for a second, didn't you? <laughs> no. Well, I was, I knew almsgiving because that's what I want to talk about, about. But then I was like, <laughs> oh, crud, is it fasting, abstinence, or penance? <laughs> so you can tell oh, I'm my gosh. You're really right. solid. Well, this is going to be great. Stay tuned. <laughs> just, the podcast just keeps getting better and better. And we will not cut this out because this is just raw reality. That's it. Sometimes That's it. we we think we know and, and then and we, we don't. don't. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So those are the three-ish pillars. They're, they're the big, the big three. They're so big, we can barely remember them. <laughs> but the important one that we are going to talk about today, correct, is almsgiving. Partially because I feel like, okay, prayer makes sense. The, like, fasting, abstinence stuff makes sense. And obviously, almsgiving makes sense, too, but it's the hardest for for me. And I feel like some of my friends, we just talk about, like, it's, it's I don't know, it's hard. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I want to dive into today. Um, do you feel like, of the three, any are trickier to you or, like, trickier to preach on? Or in this setting that we're in at Duke, I don't know. I, w- I would say that um, probably almsgiving does present some unique challenges mm. when it comes to either preaching or practice, mm. uh, and as a result, it it probably can be maybe the most misconstrued, you mm-hmm. know, and and maybe. Uh, that's, I, I think, why you and I, as we were talking about, you know, potential topics for today, we wanted to go there mm-hmm. because maybe, um, maybe in our own experience as, um, you know, believers, we've just seen it underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and certainly there are cultural uh, factors for, for that, yeah. which, whereas I think prayer sort of uh, as a developing relationship with Christ um, is kind of universal and, mm-hmm. and gets sort of lived out in different ways. But, you know, folks of all cultures and all, you know, uh, different age groups and the like can sort of buy in. Certainly, I think uh, penitential practices are similar in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think almsgiving um, is a little unique sometimes to culture. I think it's also unique sometimes to your state in life and mm-hmm. And, and so maybe it's a little harder to preach about where everyone will kind of get it. And mm-hmm. it's also, I think, a little harder to, uh, to differentiate maybe from uh, 
other ways in which maybe, you know, the culture does something similar and what makes what we're doing during Lent unique? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you mentioned like state in life can have like an impact. I I feel like, you know, so much of our community, we're a campus ministry, not not really a parish, even though, you know, we have plenty of community members, but undergraduate students and graduate students are, you know, living off of student loans or their parents, you know, generosity or whatever. Um, what are some ways that, you know, folks who are in that place, um, reliant on someone else, like already in that vulnerable space, even though we're so comfortable, right? Right. We're so comfortable. We're not as vulnerable as the poor, but how can we still, um, you know, practice this? Sure. I mean, I, I think too often, we very narrowly construe almsgiving as, um, you know, money out of pocket. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think it's probably more broad than that. But just to stay on that, on that topic, I think uh, the action of uh, sacrificial uh, charitable giving is, uh, I believe it's a habit, and I believe it's a habit that's learned and practiced uh, if if it's to be enculturated, not enculturated, but if it's to be uh, rooted in our lives for a lifetime, I think it needs to begin to be practiced early in life. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. anyone who says that they can't give alms, um, I, I think, has not fully appreciated their reality. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I would suggest that even the poor can give alms that there are there's always someone more poor you know and so uh to to find ways from a financial perspective even you know and we can get beyond that for those who don't have any money but even those who think they don't have any money such as our (laughs) students you know we all have discretionary money Mm -hmm. all of us Mm -hmm. all of us you know can choose to instead of spending on X, mm-hmm. we can choose to divert that funding to the needy uh, in ways that are positive and helpful and uh, and can make a difference. And so I think to begin to uh, embrace that truth that I always have, no matter who I am or where I am, I always have discretionary income mm-hmm. and to begin to say, I, I want to be purposeful in the why. Purposeful in the why, you know? <laughs> why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, that that has to be very much a part of, of uh, the practice of almsgiving, of mm-hmm. caring for the less fortunate. That said, even those who feel like they're so cash-strapped that they can't, which, of course, I've just challenged, Nothing that says you can't give up your time. And I, I think in many ways, you know, I, I often say that that time today is the coin of the realm. Mm. Anybody can write a check. Anybody can give, you know, X amount of dollars. But mm. give me your time. So, you know, if your method of almsgiving is to, you know, during Lent to dedicate an hour a week, mm-hmm. you know, at a soup kitchen or an hour, hour a week helping out at Ronald McDonald House mm-hmm. or an hour a week um, you know, working at the local, local uh, um, you know, uh, center for clothing for the poor, whatever it might be. You know, I mean, I think there are multiple ways, but um, 
to tell ourselves that I don't really have any alms to give mm-hmm. is um, is setting ourselves up for a life of telling ourselves that I don't have any alms to give. Yeah. I'm just curious as we're thinking about it. You're saying like choosing instead of spending money on X to giving it here to Y. Do you think having even a rudimentary budget is important to something like this? Well, <laughs> from like, some, think of it this way. I think that's a question better answered by you than me. I mean, because oh. I, I, I live in a very different financial <laughs> yeah, 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 world yeah. Than, than you do. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe I can flip the question back to you and say, do you think almsgiving uh, is something that um, you're more likely to engage in if you budget regularly? Yeah, I I would say yes. Yes, for me. Um, Why? Well, for one, it actually, like, you know, we see this all the time, um, like in our minds, what we think, how we think we're spending our money, how we think we're spending our time, or just like we think in anecdotes. Mm-hmm. We don't really, like our brains don't really think in data. We have to like see it actually flesh out for us. So for me, when I started budgeting and seeing like how I was actually spending my money, mm-hmm. realizing I spend a lot more on chocolate. Um, oh, well, yeah, I spend a lot on chocolate because my boss comes into my <laughs> office and eats all my chocolate. <laughs> Whoever he is, he should be, he should be some fired. Yes, I think so. Um, But yeah, and um, that, that definitely helps me realize like, okay, I, if I'm, I'm spending this much on these like totally unnecessary things, um, helps me to like shift some of that and, and say no. I, I've actually been doing a really good job the past like couple months of, not eating, not eating out by myself at all, um, which I was in the habit of doing before, you know, with the excuse of like, oh, I'm, I'm running behind or blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so that's certainly stealing helped. some plastic cutlery. While I you were have at it. not done that once <laughs> since our last podcast about that. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. So budgeting was important. I mean, it com- brings me, just brings me back to that. Um, I don't know. Is it a saying? Is it in the Bible? Is it just like popular thing? But like, you know, where, where you spend your, actually now I don't even remember if it's time or money, insert whichever you please, where you spend your time and money is where your heart is. And, um, that kind of is, you can't deny that when you actually make a budget, Right. you know? And I think the other is the practice always, you know, uh, penitential practices are, are never an end in themselves. They're always a means to an end. And so when we're called to uh, reach out in service and in love of the poor, uh, what, what are, you know, why? You know, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's at the heart of that? And it's, it's twofold. Obviously, it's because there are needs. Yeah. And, and Christ says, you know, repeatedly in the scriptures, when you do this for mm-hmm. the least, you do it for me. Mm-hmm. And so to... To care for those who are less fortunate is to care for Christ the beggar, mm-hmm. uh, to care for Christ the leper, to care for Christ the outcast, to care for Christ the prisoner. Uh, th- those those uh, ways of giving alms to those in need take us to the, the heart of human connection, which is the heart of love, which mm-hmm. is divine life, you yeah. know, and so, and so 
it, it's always for that greater purpose to connect us with one another mm-hmm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. The other sort of benefit, the sort of side benefit is when you do it as part of a bigger picture, as you've been talking about in terms of budgeting, the intentionality, mm-hmm. which is something I try and talk about with our students a lot, you know, I would much rather you you gave, you know, 10 cents that was well thought out and purposeful mm-hmm. then you know the basket comes around and you haven't thought about it and you start groping at your pants pockets or your purse <laughs> and all of a sudden you pull out some crumpled dollar and chuck it mm-hmm. you know like to me mm-hmm. I, I that's not the spirit of almsgiving you yeah. know because the intention is i believe um critical to what almsgiving is called to do for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about that first pur- purpose is for the other, but it also has a benefit for us that that we see that, wait a minute, the gifts that I've been given are just that, gifts that have been given. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's not my own. And and, and so I, I have to appreciate that off the top, that I want to care for others mm-hmm. because I have been cared for. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that, that dynamic, which mm-hmm. I think is harder definitely to sell, mm. pardon the pun, but I, I think is much more critical for not just the longer term practice, but also the longer term benefit for the poor and mm. for us. But it's really interesting because like, you know, we know from experience and from helping students grow in their prayer life, if you are not like intentional and strategic about developing that and figuring out the times and like the places and the type of prayer, like it's not, it's not going to grow. Like you have to be intentional and strategic and the same too. And like, you know, Lenten penances and things, we think deeply about these things and pray about them and figure out what's, you know, what we're going to do and figure out what are triggers that might, you know, lead me down the wrong, the wrong road into, you know, falling. So we're intentional and strategic about that too. Why shouldn't we be that way? about almsgiving. Yeah, I mean, I I think um, asking ourselves, or not fearing, asking ourselves bigger questions mm-hmm. um, around these types of practices is good, you know, so that we don't just haphazardly kind of trip our way through life mm-hmm. and we dabble in this practice and that. Um, you know, we've been talking this Lent about, you know, the, the theme of commitment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think to myself... The um, the disciples, you know, after some of the apparitions of the resurrected Christ, when it started to dawn on them that not only had they found this dynamic preacher and healer that they thought was the Christ, mm-hmm. but they had actually encountered the risen Christ, mm-hmm. the Savior of the world, and the game changer that that was from a strategic perspective, you know, that, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, all bets are off. I'm, I'm all in, mm-hmm. I'm committed mm-hmm. to this, no matter what the cost and, and it costs them all their lives, mm-hmm. you know, that, that ultimately. And so that's not haphazard, you know, that's very strategic where you, where you come to a depth of relationship that says, I get it. And I'm, I'm in. I know those are frightening concepts for yeah. many of us. Yeah. Very frightening. Uh, but almsgiving, I think, tills the soil of allowing us to let go mm. and 
and to be more strategic in God's way of thinking, God's way of mm-hmm. acting, um, God's idea of the kingdom, rather than to holding on to our own and fearing losing our view of our lives as if, you know, our view has done such great things. You know, why don't we trust the creator? You know, why don't we trust the redeemer? Yeah. You know, why don't we trust the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. God's ways are not our ways. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've thought about this a lot just with, um, you know, I'm in no way ready to be a mother or anything like that, but I, or, you know, even, even a wife in some way, like, right. but I think about like, there are qualities that I want to have when I'm in that stage in life. And, um, I'm realizing like, it's not, can't just flip a switch when I get there and like be that type of person. You like have to cultivate these things like over time. And so thinking about that with alms, like, yeah, just so many, I I've heard it many times from people like, well, you know, I'm not really making enough money to, to give in the way that I would want to, or like blah, 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 blah. But when I get to this stage or when, you know, when I finally have a paycheck after I graduate, blah, blah, blah. Right. But I'm just like baby steps, we can all take baby steps and just, it's a habit. And if you don't start forming the habit now in small ways, fine. If it's intentional, but still small, that's, that's amazing and good. But like start making a regular habit of it. Yeah, I, I, I would maybe challenge your assumption, which I think all of us make, that um, you started off with saying, uh, you know, I may not be ready to be a mother or I may not be ready to be a wife. <laughs> I mean, I think you're saying that on some level. You had to qualify because you're not married yet. Yes. You know, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I would say, are we ever ready yeah, yeah, no. For that, you We're know, not. right? And so either we trust in the Lord or we don't. Either mm-hmm. we put mm-hmm. our faith into practice or we don't. Do we believe that God calls us to things that we're incapable of and then says, gotcha, when you're not able to to carry it out? No. (laughs) We believe in a God that graces us for a life far greater, far better, you know, and and far more challenging than we ever maybe allow for. And and that's the diminishment of our our faith. And so I would say that um, as it relates to almsgiving, um, we... Of course, we we don't we can't see our way past you know our own bottom line. Yeah, and we we don't imagine how we're going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and 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 Scripture comes back and says, "You're right. On your own, it is impossible, mm-hmm. but nothing is impossible with God." Yeah. When we recognize the relational quality of almsgiving, whether it be relationship with the poor and the, and the the marginalized and the way that that also relationally connects us with Christ when when that is the foundation mm-hmm. of of this practice we need not fear we need not fear mm-hmm. yeah i like that. getting back to the heart of encountering jesus mm-hmm. in the poor that's the that's the point right yeah. And and it's uncomfortable because the poor make us ask tough questions to ourselves. Mm-hmm. They they make us feel somewhat uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. How can I be so comfortable when this person is so uncomfortable? Yeah. 
And those are good questions to ask, and they shouldn't be blown off lightly. Mm. And granted, you know, there are big social, structural issues in our world and in our country that need to change Mm -hmm. in order to not consistently um, create a class of disenfranchised folks. I don't claim to know what those answers are, but I do claim my responsibility to think about them and to try to change them as well Mm. as giving alms. That it's not an either or, or okay, I give some alms and I check that box. I think there, you know, if I truly love uh, the poor and I truly love Christ in the poor, then I want structures to change as well Mm -hmm. that are going to uh, enhance the life of the marginalized, Mm -hmm. enhance the life of the disenfranchised. Um, You know, everything from, you know, whether it's uh, folks with, you know, not enough food or not enough health care or the imprisoned or, what you know, whatever group we might, the unborn, whatever group we see at risk Mm -hmm. um, that our giving alms to them has to also include somehow um, addressing structures that perpetuate these realities, Mm -hmm. even though Jesus has told us that they'll always be with us. Mm-hmm. He, di- he didn't say, so just forget about even trying. He didn't say that at all. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So the difference between like justice and charity sure. type of stuff. Sure. Mm. And when we say difference, it's not a, it's not binary. It's not, right. e- it's right, not right, either right, or, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, working on both in tandem. Sure. Yeah. Wow, well, thanks, Father Mike. Thank you, Em. Um, I think we'll try and find some good resources. I mean, from, you know, from good pieces to reflect on and to, like, I'll, I'll share my uh, budgeting yes. app that I use. Way to go. Um, which I had a friend introduce me to, of course. Um, but yeah, from practical to good reflective pieces, we'll put some good stuff in the show notes for you guys because um, it's not easy. And feel free always 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 uh, you know you hear a podcast like this and you're like i honestly have no idea i don't know what to do right come talk to one of us sure make an shoot appointment. us an email yeah. yeah um yeah anyone on our staff would be happy so okay well thank you guys for joining us for another awesome awesome episode of Friarside chats what Stum- kind what stumbled- kind what kind of episode was it in <laughs> stumbled through that one <laughs> it was just so wonderful i got choked up yeah there, you had you know? a stutter on it yeah, yeah. But seriously, it was a wonderful, wonderful time with you guys. So email us anytime with your thoughts, any questions you might have, or suggestions for future episodes. You can email me at erm13 at duke.edu. For more information about the ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit us at catholic.duke.edu. Friarside Chats is supported by many generous donors, students, parents, alumni, and friends of Duke just like you. To learn how you can support Friarside Chats or any other ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit catholic.duke.edu backslash support. Thanks, Father Mike. Thank you, Em. See you guys next time on Friarside Chats. I say my intro every time and I can't remember it. (laughs)